Hey, welcome to the Overtalking Podcast. I'm Ken. Say hi, CJ. Hi, CJ. Uh, we we have probably not a great episode <laughs> this week, to be honest. I mean, judging by the movie the, we watched, the episode might be okay. The movie we watched was, was not uh, atrocious. Okay, <laughs> it's not okay. We watched the movie Big Money Hustlers, and I'd like to note that that second S is a dollar sign. Hmm. So that that already should tell you the quality of the movie. Yes, it's the Insane Clown Posse's first movie. Yeah, it stars the musical group Insane Clown Posse. Uh, if you don't know who they are, consider yourself lucky. <laughs> All of that coming up on the Overtalking Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Overtalking Podcast. Uh, today we're joined by Jim, which you can hear on the Good Beer Hunting Podcast. Jim, welcome to the studio. Hi. Well, thank oh, you Jim. for having me. Uh, Jim, you were the one that chose this movie for this episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, question one. Uh, what the hell? I've been waiting years to talk about this movie, like in a general public sense. Like I, I just met you, but we're not off to a great start because of because of this movie. Hey, at least you didn't pay for it. <laughs> oh no, it was on Prime. Oh no, it's free. Oh, free. It was free. You didn't pay for it. You didn't pay to watch the movie. Oh, I, didn't, you didn't. I thought you were implying that you in the past had paid. Right, to see that's this what movie. I thought too. I, I had paid to see this movie. Oh boy. I, please tell me it wasn't right, more than yeah, like so what's $5. The story, what's the story behind this? Why did you choose this movie? Because I think that it's, uh, for what it is, it's very funny. I think it's a very funny movie. It's Okay, so I watched it again for the first time. and I, I will admit, it's been about five years since I've seen it. It does not hold up. <laughs> <laughs> but I still think that f- for the expectation that is set, that it's the insane clown posse movie, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Like, okay, so let's get something out of the way. For people who are listening, who, like, we, like we established, you don't know anything about Insane Clown Posse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, okay, so you guys are probably maybe too young to remember this. You know Insane Clown Posse as, like, the magnets don't work punchline guys, right? Yeah. Okay. In the mid-90s, Insane Clown Posse were huge. They were, like a huge mainstream well-respected rap group. <laughs> this is not this is not a joke. From 93 to like 99, they were huge. Were they like played on the radio and stuff? Yes. Oh, really? Wow. wow. They were they were big. So you probably you guys so you guys don't know this story. You guys don't know about the Great Malenko? Mm-mm. I know nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Ken like literally had I've, never even heard of Insane Clown Posse or okay, maybe I've, I've heard is, of them, but I've I've, yeah, heard, I've not heard not any know songs, or Juggalos, anything. or anything. If like that. If you don't know this story, this is gonna blow your minds. <laughs> In 1995, the Insane Clown Posse were signed to Hollywood Records, which is owned by Walt Disney. <laughs> what? Insane Clown Posse were on Walt Disney Records, okay? What? And they were about to release their fourth album, The Great Malenko. And, and that's when... So maybe you remember this, but you might be too young to remember this. There was a huge boycott against Disney in 1995. 95? 97? 97? Maybe, might have been, yeah, it was 97. This, this happened in 1997. <laughs> Sorry, timeline's a little screwy, but listen... In 1997, there was a boycott against the Walt Disney Company. Now, Walt Disney owns everything. Like, you think they own a lot of shit now? Like, Touchstone Pictures, Miramax. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, ABC. It's all Disney, right? So it was a huge boycott because 
they had a gay pride day at Disney World. There was oh, wow. a huge boycott. So the appeasement for the boycott was that they were going to drop the Insane Clown Posse from Hollywood Records because they were trying to come in the like the boycotters were like you ever listen to this insane clown posse all they say is fuck and like rape and they're like murder like all the lyrics are like terrible how can they be on your record label Mm -hmm. how could you pay money for this at 6 p.m. on the day the great Malenko was released all stores were ordered to destroy their copies of the Great Malenko. Wow. Not not just like take them off no, the shelves. No, destroy, like, destroy them. Destroy them. <laughs> you were to take photos of the album and send it to Hollywood Records and prove that you had destroyed every copy of the Great Malenko. What? Wow. Which then started a giant fuck-off bidding war for the Insane Clown Posse. Everybody, they, like this story made headlines that six hours after an album was released, Disney pulled it from shelves. And a giant bidding war broke out for the Insane Clown Posse. Hmm. And they got everything they wanted, which included they wanted to make a movie. <laughs> oh, okay. And that's how Big Money Hustlers is here. It was born. Okay. Because Jeez. they signed to Island Records. Yeah. And they, they want, they, they, Island promised them half a million dollars to make a movie. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got Big Money Hustlers. Here's the other thing you need to know about the Insane Clown Posse if you don't know anything about the Insane Clown Posse. They've sold millions of records. They have toured the world. They still have one of the most dedicated fan bases Mm -hmm. in all of music. And they did this despite the following things. They are white rappers. (laughs) They wear clown makeup. And not like Bozo the Clown makeup. No, not like scary, insane clown makeup. Mm -hmm. Okay. They said, oh, their lyrics are full of misogyny and like rape and murder and like crazy shit and they said when they first started before they were even anything we're gonna make in 10 years we're gonna make six albums that tell an interlocking connected narrative and they fucking did it Wow. wow their first six albums are one big story when you listen to them all in a row they pulled all this shit off wow which is like so say whatever you want about their dumbass fans because mm-hmm. like their fans are fucking stupid, <laughs> most of them. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. That like, is that they were able to like follow through on everything they said. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna be famous white rappers dressed in clown makeup rapping about that, fucking yeah. death. And then yeah, like the movie came out in two thousand, and still today they like yeah have a following and everything like yeah. that. Like decades later. So here's the thing with this movie. So watching it now. Do you have? I mean, I don't know the format here. I don't know if you were going to ask me questions or if I was. We were just going to freeform talk about the movie. I didn't want to take away. The However, control. the conversation goes. Yeah, I don't want to take away control from Ken. But <laughs> here's the thing: this movie walks a very thin line, and just when you think you're like done with it, just when you think like this is the f- worst movie, <laughs> they do something really funny. Like they save it. Those two, the two, okay, should we talk about the movie, the plot? Yeah. Yeah, let's get into so, that. So, yeah, it's, it's two, two of the members of the Insane Clown Posse. Uh, of which there are two members. Yeah. So both members oh, of oh, the okay. Insane Clown Posse. Didn't know that. Yeah. I, guess, I, I you, assume there was more, and I was like, why, why aren't there other ones in this? Using the word posse, it would be so more they're, than Yeah. Two. They're like the Insane Clown duo, but that didn't sound <laughs> good. ICD doesn't, doesn't sound good. Yeah, ICP, okay. I guess. Yeah, okay. 
So yeah, the two the two members are rivals in the movie. One's kind of like a kingpin type, and the other comes into town as like a cop, basically to like clean up the streets and take down the kingpin. Yes, and, that's it. Except there's um, like Harlan a, Williams plays a cop. Also plays a cop. Yes, yeah. That as was soon as he showed up, strange in a role. That like you assume he never wants to talk about. Yeah. Like, if there's ever like a like a retrospective on this movie, like we're coming up, what it'll be twenty years in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way you're gonna get Harlan Williams to talk about this fucking movie to even admit no. he was yeah, in it. Because that's not the- only is his character like a dope. Not even like written. It doesn't even feel like his character's written. No. Yeah. He like, he easily could have just improved all of those. Here's scenes the thing. And, like, here's the thing. This movie. Yeah. It says it was written. By by Violent J, mm-hmm. I think Violent J had a loose idea of like the mm. the way the movie goes. Yeah, I don't think there's any fucking dialogue in that script. No, like, no I yeah. I don't think there's a single word of dialogue in Violent J's script. I think it's all like they go to the donut shop, yeah. they go to the this place. Like I think that's the whole that that was the script. So yeah. yeah, as soon as we were in the movie, I was uh, furiously reading through their IMDb page of the movie to see like. Why is this a thing? How did this come about? And that was like one of the trivia things was like he quote unquote wrote the script, but really like he's just ad lib in lines and stuff. Yeah. Which is not a huge surprise having seen the movie. Yeah. yeah. No, not at all. He, it, I, that makes 100% <laughs> sense to me. Yeah. There were scenes that you could tell like went on way too long. Oh, <laughs> all the scenes have. go on way too <laughs> long. Yeah. Them. They, all of just, of them. They, there's even ones of like silence, like no mm-hmm. character is even. No. They get they they constantly break the fourth wall, which I love. Yeah, by that, the way. no, parts that was that, good. That, that was like, kind I of funny. Yeah. yeah, but like, yeah, it was just it was, somebody would get up, their face would get up close to the camera, and then there would just be another like thirty seconds of silence of just the <laughs> face zoomed in. Here's what. Here's the other thing. I I think they ran out of money so hard on this movie <laughs> that they couldn't even pay someone to edit it. So. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up. (laughs) I do have uh, a trivia question. Oh. So I think it's time to play. Hey, do you know that? Hey, do you know that? Um, So when you said that they they gave the Island Records, was it? Gave them money? They ran out of money. And they Mm. they admit this two times in the film. Mm -hmm. And it's true. Yeah. Okay. Um, So ICP, their group, like pitched in and used some of their own money. Yeah. How much do you think? I know the answer to this. Oh, you do know oh, the really? answer? Yeah. I'm going to guess they just matched it. I'm going to say another half a million. Half a million? Yeah. It was $100,000. Okay. But of that movie looked still, like it cost a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. No. Of yeah. their own Point. money right. for that garbage. Yeah. Uh, that they chipped in. Is it, It's all that uh, Fago money, right? That yeah. They, you know how much Fago, <laughs> yeah, Fago $100,000 is? It's like... 200,000 bottles of Fago. <laughs> yeah. Did, did Fago sponsor this movie? No. In fact, Fago has a very rocky relationship with the Insane Clown Posse. They, if you call Fago and you go, hey, you know, Insane Clown Posse uses your soda like all over their music and like at their concerts. They, they pretend that they don't know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, but when they used to tour, they would tour with a Fago semi-truck full of Fago. So they had this weird relationship with Fado where Fado was like giving them soda, mm-hmm. but then like, but then like wouldn't admit that they were. Yeah. Wow. Because that, that's what we, we were talking about this when we watched the movie. Uh, 
for those that don't know, juggalos are what are, are referred to as the followers of Insane Clown Posse. Insane Clown Posse fans who have dedicated their life to the clown yeah. are called juggalos. Like, we'll wear makeup in yeah, their to the concert, day-to-day life. Right. And, and have tattoos, wear the... Wear the Hatchet Man logo yeah. wherever they can. Yeah, I, I, I there's got to be like I feel like there's some conspiracy of like Fago and them probably investing. There's in the company. no way. There's no way that Fago wouldn't be as popular as it is without the Insane Clown. Yeah, Posse. yeah like, right. That's like, hundred percent true. That's the only way I've heard of it. Even yeah. is like from them. I it, had not heard of Fago until I watched this movie. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, it I was. Had, uh, just them. It was a Detroit thing, and then because wow. Insane Clown Posse fans wanted to drink it, you can get it pretty much nationwide now. Huh. And it's sixty nine cents a two liter. Like that's the it's <laughs> oh, like wow. It's poverty soda. Like that's their whole thing. Like we're the poor, and that was Insane Clown Posse's whole thing. Mm-hmm. We were so broke that all we could drink was Fago. Mm. Uh, so here's a fun. So so before we get back to the movie, I have seen Insane Clown Posse a total of one times in concert. Oh my! And this is the story. It was at the Riviera Theater in Chicago. I imagine a lot of people listening to this might be from the Chicago area, so they might know the Riviera. Mm-hmm. It it, uh, it descends down into a bull area. And my friends and I were like, okay, we want to see this spectacle, <laughs> but we don't want to get hit with Fago. <laughs> so we out found, of the splash zone? <laughs> yeah, we want to be out of the splash zone. So we found a spot where like it kind of takes that turn into the bull, like into the pit. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's like a VIP door. And there's like the like a beer booth, so like we kind of camped out like in this elbow where we didn't where there was an overhang, and we're like, well, no Fago can get us here. <laughs> and I was right; we didn't get hit with a drop of soda. I turn around to leave; the concert's over, and I bump into a guy who's carrying drinks into the VIP, the backstage <laughs> area, and the water and ice splashes up on me and uh. spills on me. <laughs> My, that's but, my but was it was time. it Fago? There was it was beer. There was okay. it, he was carrying the beer backstage like for after the show, okay. and it was in an ice tub. Oh, and the, okay. I, he he hit me with such force that the icy water slashed up, kind of okay. yeah, sloshed up onto me. Better so than my, Fago, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I was fine. I was bit. much better <laughs> than the kids outside who were like just, just drenched in covered sticky in soda. For the rest of the night. They use diet <laughs> soda. Because oh. otherwise it makes the venues get upset. Oh. ICP was actually banned from playing Chicago for a very long time because they kept ruining venues <laughs> with soda. Like they were banned from the House of Blues, the Riviera, the Vic. Like they kept playing all these venues and like getting like I can't believe you guys do that here. Just, like what? We're the insane clown posse. <laughs> yeah, it's like our expect? entire <laughs> shtick is this. And now we're like, I don't know. Yeah, how yeah, with the venues that surprised. Yeah, I don't know. With a a group like that coming It's like being surprised Ramstein brought fire. <laughs> like what? You guys brought fire? That's your whole thing. That's the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh so that, the movie, the plot, that pretty much is the entire plot. Yeah, there's he, not much Here's the, okay. Yeah, so there's not much to it. It's about uh, a, a a kingpin, a gang kingpin. Yeah. And then the cop who's coming to stop him. Both which by the way, the entire movie are wearing the clown makeup. Yeah, yes, they wear it in the movie. Yeah. yeah. They are the they yeah, they are they are Violent J and Shaggy Too Dope in the like, like in the movie the whole yeah, time. But they're yeah. not themselves. They're right. playing other characters. Right. Which also adds to another level of amazingness yeah. this movie. It's like you, this is Violent J and Shaggy Too Dope of the Insane Clown Posse trying to play other characters dressed as the characters that they are when they are insane clown posse. Um so the first little bit of like comic relief in the movie comes from uh, his henchmen mm-hmm. who actually have these like really funny like they're two like suburban 
they're supposed to be like two dumb suburban gangsters mm-hmm. like which is funny because I feel like a not a I feel like some insane clown posse fans are those two guys. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I mean, there's a lot sure. of that. Sure, that's kind of what I pictured, honestly. Yeah. Um, so that's the first time you kind of chuckle in the movie is like they're trying to be hard gangsters and they're clearly not. Mm. Like, ah, oh, it's kind of funny, and they're yelling at his grandma. It's like, ah, oh, yeah. all right, yeah, all right, it's kind of funny. Um. Then there's the scene we uh, any any scene with uh, Sugar Bear Shaggy Two Dubs character is very painful in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. He's he, he's supposed to be like a rapping detective. Yeah, he anytime he speaks, it it's rhymes. A, it's a rhyme, and yeah. it's very cringy. Yeah. yeah, it was a little felt a little I, forced at the beginning. I do like though that anytime they said Sugar Bear, you had the music play. The music play. Yeah, the little like yeah the hero sting music music yeah. yeah. Uh, which becomes a funnier and funnier joke as they go. Yeah. They start to hear it. Yeah, and then the, yeah, the, it, yeah, the people in the movie like yeah, take yeah, they can hear the it. music and yeah. they start stopping talking. Um, because it's not just like yeah, it's just anytime anyone says Sugar Bear, they play the music mm-hmm. and that's good. Um, and becomes increasingly uh, funnier. But you also have the guy from the Jerky Boys plays the police chief. And this is where the movie, this is where if anything falls apart in this movie for me, it's not only, not just his character, but like, as an, I'm old. And like, watching this movie as like an old, like an adult with like kids and a wife, and like the amount of times they say bitch yeah, and it's, fuck. It's bad. And like, th- and they're swearing constantly. Yeah. Like, I love swearing. Swearing's like my favorite thing <laughs> in the whole world. <laughs> But it, like, there's obviously not much. a script yeah, because they're yeah. obviously just like, ah, fucking, we're gonna fucking kill this bitch, yeah. fuck. Within the first ten minutes, they they have to have said the word fuck like thirty times for sure. More than that, probably. Because the, the the main kingpin guy kept saying, "Where's my fucking yeah. money?" Yeah, over and over, over and over. Bring yeah. me my fucking money, yeah. like yeah. over and over. Oh my god. Yeah, it it's bad. The last swearing. Uh, so that whole first scene, and that's where we get introduced to Howard Williams' character, who mm-hmm. I like. I don't like how. Here's the like, thing. Yeah, here's why? The thing, here's the thing. With her, here, listen, you know what? We don't have to go beat by beat through this fucking movie. We're gonna spoil the movie. No one gives a shit. Yeah. The, movie's, yeah. the movie's not great. No, Harwin Williams' character ends up being Violent Jay's character the in the end. Yeah. He ends yeah. up being the kingpin, and you kind of sit there for a second. And you go. Wait, I think that works. <laughs> like, you go, yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. For a second, I was like, I don't remember them in the same scenes. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're like, never in any of the same scenes. Together. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> they pulled movie, off this like M really, Night Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. It's like huge twist that actually works. Yeah, the Sugar Bear kills uh, the 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 kingpin and then goes to even before they load the body into the ambulance. His dead yeah. gunshot body. <laughs> he asks the chief for a wipe to wipe off the clown makeup, and then takes way too long to wipe the makeup off, which I think is supposed to be a joke. Yeah, or bad editing again because yeah. he just wipes his face with a cloth for like way too long <laughs> to an almost comical effect and then when they finally like zoom back into the dead body it's harlan williams with, with his glasses on and yeah. the other thing <laughs> yeah oh, yeah i didn't yeah. even notice that and they totally scooby do it they go he was the guy the whole time <laughs> and then that's it yeah the that's, movie's over that's, that's the end although except for the the what happens at the end end which is where they took all their leftover money and stage a shootout 
for no oh, reason. Oh yeah, god, yeah. that was. They were again, just throwing the rest of the money into it. Way in the movie. too long. Yeah. The uh, the ending of the movie for about five minutes, they just shoot up a church. Yeah. And again, if you took this movie too seriously, you're like, what the fuck is this? But if you realize that I think they knew this whole shit shit was off the rails, you're like, this is pretty fucking funny. (laughs) They're just like shooting this this church up. Uh, One of the members of their crew also wasn't in the movie, so he only appears at the end. So it can say he wasn't in the movie. Yeah, Yeah. his his credit, it always says, yeah, like, Violent J as so-and-so. And and he says, like, Billy something, and then underneath, not in this movie. (laughs) Wasn't in this movie. So good. It's so good. This is little funny. things. Yeah. Um the scene the scene where um uh big baby sweets, let's use his name. Let's show some respect. Uh goes down <laughs> the, the table of his henchman mm-hmm. is so weird. It's so painfully oh, strange. Yeah, it was so long and Yes. Oh my god, that's when that the woman with the giant breasts he has her just lift up her shirt for and a then, good minute, but then makes like, one of the best jokes in the movie. Oh, I like I didn't have to do that for you. Like, so yeah, he, he turned to the camera. Yeah, he's like, our movie's the shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really good. Yeah, yeah. like you're welcome for that. Yeah, <laughs> it's really funny. It's really clever. Yeah. Although now, watching that movie now, like the woman, the that woman, like I don't like. When she left the set that day, was she like, yeah, nailed it. I'm super proud of that. <laughs> yeah. So Can't wait a, to see this on the big screen. She plays a whole... A, 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 um, a hoe, I think is no, what it was but, referring well, to. Like, but she's the... She's the, the she's head. The head hoe. Yeah, I don't know what you call it. There's, yeah. uh, there's a name for that, and I don't yeah, know what it is. Like the head of the whorehouse. Yeah. Or whatever you, yeah. So... Madam? The madam. So she's like the madam of the prostitutes in the city. Which also they uh, they're from Detroit, but the movie's set in New York. But they clearly filmed it. I don't know where they fucking filmed it, but they keep accidentally calling it Detroit. <laughs> yeah, that, I thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um. So anyway, they the way they talk to her character is like so insanely offensive. Mm. Like it, and I, I, I guess you could say like, well, Big Baby Sweets is a ruthless kingpin, <laughs> but it's so hard to watch. Yeah. If that that scene had been in like a legitimate. Imagine this movie as a legitimate crime drama, like, which I think maybe you should, because that I think makes it even funnier. Yeah, if you were to try and take it seriously. Yeah, if you try to take this movie seriously, um, maybe that's super funny that he's like calling her a bitch hoe like for three minutes and over and over over again. Mm -hmm. But man, that that scene is hard to watch now. It Uh, really is. It's it's not super funny like it's the jokes none of the jokes land until we get to rerun and his bootleg clothing business yes which is kind of funny i like poo boo i think poo boo is funny instead of fubu instead of fubu i like to yeah this guy is it's one of the like henchmen or part of his evil empire or whatever you want to call it and he's wearing a shirt, uh, an Adidas shirt but since he's like the ripoff they add an extra s at the end adidas adidas Get it? Like, yeah, I was. I I think I chuckled a little bit on that. I was like, it's, okay, yeah, it's chuckle worthy. Yeah, it's like, oh, I see what they did there. It's not hilarious. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, there there were some funny moments. Another one was uh, when a, uh, the sugar bear is doing cocaine and they have a vacuum sound. <laughs> I that literally made me laugh out loud. Yeah, that, that one that was, was pretty funny. See, he, where he, did <laughs> it find the gold? Where did it? Yeah, there, there were podcast. some good parts. Yeah, that part was funny until then, like. You could tell the Foley work was a little off every now and then. Yeah. They like started the vacuum too late or yeah. ended it too early. 
So, all right. So we've we've been so you know not a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> and meanders for like an hour. Yeah. For like an yeah. hour, nothing. You're like, where? I have no idea where this something has going. to happen. And then they save the whole fucking movie by bringing in Dolomite. Yeah. So this is where, for me, on this viewing that I this re- most recent viewing, I realize this is the whole movie coming together. Because what they've really been doing is ripping off Dolomite movies. Mm-hmm. And they get fucking Dolomite to be in yeah. the movie. <laughs> yeah. And to like play it super straight. Everybody else up to this point has been like, it's satire. Like, yeah, or like, like over sarcasm, the yeah. over the top performances. And then they get Dolomite. To straight up play Dolomite, yeah, like play, but like, sh- as, like, but straight, like seriously, like seriously, yeah. like I'm bet I don't think he played as Dolomite in like thirty years before he was right. in this movie, and he fucking nails it. It's such a good performance. <laughs> yeah, that the like uh, it was 1975 was when Dolomite was around. So yeah, like yeah, almost thirty years or so. Wow. And then, yeah, to just come back and then, and then again, later at one part in the movie, Sugar Bear, who's going to kill Violent J and is about to go into his mission, is like, all right, grab Dolomite. Like, let's go. Let's and they're get like, him. They're like, no, the budget ran out. Like, he's gone. You think he <laughs> would do this for free? Dolomite. <laughs> yeah. So I, Dolomite saves the whole movie for me. Like, watching it again, I was almost ready to be like, oh, I fucked up. Like, I think this is, this. oh, shit, there's nothing redeeming about this movie. And then... Fucking Dolomite saves the movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, it, this is so smart. Because they're doing a Dolomite parody, and, and then he's in he, the movie. The parody is in the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they even say, he like, so this is, uh, Sugar Bear is heartbroken and is doing lots of drugs, and the chief is trying to give him like a pep talk to get back in the game and go after Violent J. Uh, and <laughs> you see a Dolomite poster on the wall. And then you hear a voice and it pans over and then Dolomite like appears and he's like, what? Who are you? He's like, I'm the ghost of Dolomite. And then he calls him. I was like, no, that guy's still alive. He lives in Las Vegas. And then Dolomite even replies like, yeah, I know. I'm just following the script or whatever. And then then the director comes into the (laughs) The the scene and he's like, guys, just follow the script, please. Turns around and says cut. And then it just continues on with that same scene. Dolomite has no idea what he's doing in this movie. So he's just making stuff up just like they are. And then they're like, well, shit, this needs to be like the real part. Yeah. And then it's like a Rocky montage sequence (gasps) of Dolomite training Sugar Bear. And like, yeah, really silly uh, bench press scenes and stuff like that, and jogging. It's really good. <laughs> the part was... so anything once Dolomite gets gets to the movie, it's I I fell in love with it again. <laughs> however, however, you do have to fast forward through the wrestling scene. The wrestling scene is only in it because they liked wrestling. Yeah, that, I could tell that. Yeah, yeah, they they just wanted to do a wrestling scene. Yeah, and there I was fast forward right through that part. I saw they need so the wrestler's name is Cactus Sack, and there's a real wrestler named Cactus Jack, yeah. and they had to get like the WWE's permission to use that name or character. Yes. And that's another uh, fourth wall breaking is that the wrestler like forgets his line at one point or something like that, and then or says something and then kind of turns and was like. Oh, I like that line. And like says it again. They just constantly just mention like they're completely aware that this is a movie yes. over and over. They literally say the movie yeah. in the movie. <laughs> they reference the movie. That it the... is a movie. Yeah. 
It's nuts. I think all the fourth wall breaking is like another thing that really saves the movie. Because I think if they had played it too straight, yeah, you would have like. I think I got to imagine that most of this movie was just made while they were like most of it was dreamt up while they were doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have this location for today. Like, what should we do with it? What do we do? <laughs> yeah, it, it that does save it that they're like self aware that yeah. like because yeah, like you said, if they tried to play it seriously, it would not be as good. I yeah, I, I don't know. That 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 was one of the few saving factors that they made little inside jokes like that. So I, I want to go around and I want to ask each of you guys what was your favorite part of the movie, and then what was the worst like you had to look away like cringiest part of the movie. You want, you want to start, CJ? Uh, cringy is either the part we already discussed where he's just berating this lady, uh, or the mm-hmm. part where Sugar Bear there's a Sugar Bear sex scene with a stripper. That was that's, pretty bad. That's mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just bad. It's like... Long. <laughs> it's... Well, uh, it's obviously... Lo- like, that's part of the joke. Mm-hmm. Part of the joke is like, okay, so Sugar Bear has uh, sexual intercourse with a very large woman. Mm-hmm. And then her being large is the only joke for yeah. the rest yeah. for the rest of her time in that movie. Later they they want to kill her to to get to Sugar Bear. Sugar Bear Which is you. such a funny like on paper is such a funny like oh he falls in love with this he ends up falling in love with her and like they're going to do the stereotypical thing they're going to kill her to make him yeah. come out of hiding. Like it's like oh, okay on paper like this is kind of funny but they do it in such a terrible way. Like, yeah, yeah, they well so they lay out food for yeah, her, like leading a, her to another room. And, and as she walks to get the food, they have like the giant like thunk, thunk, thunk yeah, sound, sound as she's walking. Yeah. And she gobbles up the food all the way to the living room. And then they just. And then they kill in. her in the like this. It's her silhouette yeah. getting sliced with uh, like ninja swords for very for a very yeah, long yes. time like clearly they're just like well we made all this fake blood we have to use all <laughs> yeah. of it squirting it all over yeah. the wall yeah and the like chopping sound effects over and over yeah. and over. i really i really think that they thought that they were making like once they realized that they couldn't make the movie that they like really wanted to make i think they really thought that they were making like a movie that would be a cult classic yeah. like a movie that you would go see at midnight with your friends or like something that would stand like the test of time from a like like the room almost sort of yeah. way like they like they well, even you know the room hadn't been made yet but like in that sort of way like this is going to be so bad but we're going to weave so much ridiculousness into it like i don't mind being like you guys need to it's free it's on amazon you guys got to watch this and then we'll talk about it and I'll tell other people like, "Hey, there's some crazy shit in this movie." Like, that I think he's not, I think there's some honestly funny stuff in here. But like, watching it now with like new, like after a long time, being a bit older, I, I really think they were going for some sort of cult classic yeah. thing that they failed miserably. Yes, on. Yeah. like there's no real reason to watch this movie twice. No, God no. no. And there's no reason to like watch it with your friends either. Yeah, like, we're like the room I've seen like six times maybe because it's constantly like, oh, you haven't seen that? Like, I'll watch it with right, you. Right, right. And there's there's comical parts throughout the entire movie, mm-hmm. as opposed to this where there's spatterings of some pretty funny things, but it, it's and there's these like funny far between. <laughs> yeah. There's like these funny on paper moments. These like 
oh, I see how that could have been yeah, funny, just but it didn't land <laughs> at all. Um, also, I I think they pandered to their fan base a little bit with all the bitch and hoe and yeah, bitch hoe and fat much. girls. Sure. And, like, I think that was... I mean, there's got to be insane clown posse fans out there who still think this is, like, the best movie. Probably. Like, they, there's probably a few that think that this is, like, the most hilarious movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just being, like, kind of a casual observer of the insane clown posse. Uh, and, <laughs> like, like they're, like, what they're up to. Uh, it just doesn't... I can't... I can never... I'm, I'll never watch this movie again. Yeah, After no. ha- finally watching it for the first time in, like, five or six years, I was like... Oh, I'll never. This yeah. is this one. This, this is, is it. Not, this <laughs> yeah. is this isn't good. No, that's not. Uh, favorite scene? I'm not sure. Probably just the, the the like the the vacuum noise when he was doing the cooking. That was, was kind of funny. I I don't know what else. There was there was a couple good like fourth wall breaking moments. Yeah, anything fourth where he they break the. I like breaking the fourth wall in anything. Um, as you guys mentioned. Uh, I just started uh, podcasting with uh, Good Beer Hunting, mm-hmm. and I'm not on the regular Good Beer Hunting podcast. I'm on the like this bonus episode thing, uh, where it starts out with me and the uh, owner of the company kind of just chatting for a little while at the top. And I literally, br- like, I've listened to the podcast, and I've like I make him tell me like stuff that happened during the podcast. <laughs> I love anything that breaks like the fourth wall. The podcast studio at this place, like, literally face the windows out to the street of a four-way stop sign that no one stops for <laughs> and i'm we're doing it for the first time and i'm just doing this i'm just uh, i'm watching out the window he's like what are you doing i'm like this is insane how do you you've done 150 episodes with somebody <laughs> sitting in this chair and no one's ever been like what the fuck is going on up there there's traffic constant traffic and they're all about to hit each other no one does that he's like no no one's ever noticed this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. So yeah, I'm a sucker for anything that like. Yeah, breaks. I like those moments. Like it, even in serious movies, if the the main character kind of like turns and gives you a wink or something, it's yeah. like oh, I like yeah, that. Okay, you, you saw me. Yeah. Jim, favorite scene? Yeah, I like. Yeah, I mean the Dolomite stuff is all really good. I think legitimately, genuine, genuinely good. Like if the Dolomite scene scenes. Are on YouTube. That's the part you should watch. <laughs> just that. Sequence. Just look at Big yeah. Money Hustlers Dolomite D O L E M I T E and uh, watch that part. Uh, the worst part is just just that it doesn't hold. Like it just bitch and f- fucking yeah, hoe and yeah. fucking fucking money mm. and where the fuck's my fucking money, bitch? Like yeah, it, I, I don't know. It like I have a daughter and it like like really made me like feel weird yeah watching all that yeah. i will say that they've recent the girl the, the the woman who played the 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 stripper in the movie they have interviewed her recently and she's like yeah i don't know i thought the movie i liked the movie like i think it was fine it's fine still really she, like, okay this with was it? like two years ago they interviewed her like two years some like juggalo fan site or podcast or something like interviewed her and she's like yeah i liked being in that movie I'm, wow. I'm i i mean that's i i read what they wanted me to do before i did it i was okay with it Hmm. Wow. All right. But that doesn't, I mean, I'm not saying like that makes all that okay. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Ken? Um, Well, the the sex scene, least favorite. Yeah. Um, And just all all of her scenes. That was, yeah, that was bad. Um, Favorite scene was wiping the makeup off. 
Yeah, the big reveal <laughs> was, at the end. Yeah, that was, that that was, was like <laughs> that was pretty. That was yeah, I didn't even realize until you mentioned it earlier that he was wearing the the kingpin character does not wear glasses, and then they wipe the makeup off and he's wearing glasses, and it reveals that it's Harlan Williams. Yeah, yeah, they pull off like. I you gotta wonder like where what step in the process they came up with that where they're like oh they're man like, oh, he can be, it'd be how hilarious would it be if he's been the kingpin the whole yeah. time yeah and then and you're right like my mind did flashback I was like wait yeah I think they pulled that off that actually works I think Six Sense must have come out like a couple of years before that movie I maybe maybe they did like maybe he did have that idea that the whole time the bumbling cop was going to be the criminal yeah because it because like it also reinforces the dialogue at the beginning where he's like you're the only clean cop left every yeah. cop is dirty like you're the only and, like oh, and then yeah. like when it's over you're like oh f- okay like we're already past it like it takes three seconds they <laughs> yeah, the make it off like oh it's been Harlan Williams the whole time but now like then you sit there and you go Oh shit! Like that all worked. Yeah, they pulled that off. <laughs> oh fuck! Maybe this, these guys are smarter than I thought they yeah. were. They know how magnets work. <laughs> Motherfuckers! Now I'm swearing a lot. Yeah, <laughs> big money hustlers through osmosis. Yeah, yeah. Just transfers over. So, do we want to play a quick clip from the movie just so yes. people can kind of get an idea of the? Humor, yeah, I would say. If, if uh, you, you can, can make air that. quotes when you say humor, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pretend is doing pretend that's implied. Um, so we'll, we'll just play a quick clip. This, this um, is them. Uh, Harlan Williams, the like dopey only good cop left, is sitting with Sugar Bear at the Donut Hut. Ooh, I saw a donut ghost. Ooh, I'm a donut cyclops. Oh, I got one eye. What am I? Winking at you or blinking, you'll never know. <laughs> I've enjoyed the, so, the old-timey music. Yeah, <laughs> that's another thing I want to point out, is the that kind of music not. was playing throughout the entire movie. Well, not that specific music, but like kind of like softcore porn music, I, th- I would say. <laughs> There's a lot of insane clown posse songs. Yeah, were, they those were them. Those okay. In the movie well. not, not that, but yeah. Yeah. But throughout the, yeah, they obviously, yeah, used their own music. It didn't, was expecting that to only be the music throughout the, the movie. Oh, imagine how much money they saved. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> saved, but still ran out of money. And, and had to pitch in there. It's, it's kind of interesting to point out that the misfits are in. Yes. This oh scene. my god. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. The like legendary punk band, the Misfits, are sitting at the counter of the Donut Hut, and so the, they don't. They don't. They say like one word, maybe. They almost get into a fight with Sugar Bear. Yeah. So, um, so the uh, the guy who directed this movie owns their record label. Oh. So that's the connection. Uh, that's why the misfits okay. are in the movie. I don't know what's what this guy, by the way, this guy has not directed a movie since this movie. Yeah, I was looking at uh, his yeah. Pitch, yeah. Um I don't really know what he does. Uh he runs Misfits Records, which if Misfits Records also is in charge of Misfits merchandise, he's doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh but uh I don't know what he does besides this. I think he did some music videos. He did a Ramones doc. Oh, okay. I saw them through his IMDb page. And then before that, he or at least directed. And then before that, he directed just like, this was like early 90s, just a biography series of like historical figures. Yeah. <laughs> so he went from that to this. Well, can you imagine how much of the budget must have went to him? Like I, he must have done it yeah, because true. it was a lot of money. He must yeah. have got like $150,000 of the budget. Although he ended up suing them. So there was, a, so 
there's so the other thing is when they ran out of money the the, the rumor is that when they ran out of money this dude walked off the movie too oh. and that chunks of the movie are directed by no one like just they just took a camera and went and We're filmed like, go yeah yeah i believe it yeah <laughs> yeah i don't they the the details of the lawsuit are i mean unless they're out unless i just don't my googling wasn't good enough i know that that lawsuit was around for a long time i know that he sued for profits off of the movie um i know it was set a lot of court um, but the big thing is that when, when it came, like when they ran out of money, like supposedly he was like, well, I'm done making this movie. Mm-hmm. And then that was it. He left, and he never came back. And apparently that $100,000 that they spent to fix stuff or keep filming, they just turned cameras on and filmed the that scenes was, they needed to do. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. That is hilarious, though, that they even lost the director as part of the budgetary problems. This, this, like, how, how did this get, like, how did it finish? How did, was it able to get made with all these issues? I guess it's like, it's a miracle it even came out. It's a miracle that there's also another one. Yes. Um, yeah. They wait, they, they waited a decade and came out with big money rustlers, which if you just oh, read man. the like one sentence plot line, it's the exact same, it's movie. The same movie, almost the same character names yeah. even, but it's a Western. That's right. it. Just, yeah. Different theme. <laughs> Instead of. Big, big baby sweets. Yeah. The in the big big money wrestlers, his name is Big Money Chips. That's it. <laughs> I might have to watch it. <laughs> and instead of uh, Sugar Bear, it's Sugar Wolf. Nice. That's mm, good. It's the same movie. Jim, don't don't watch it. Don't I'm do that to yourself. <laughs> I got so many other things I should be watching instead. Yeah. <laughs> watch it with your kids. That's great. <laughs> Teach them what not to be. Yeah. Nope. That's, I can't believe that. And why Why 10 years? Probably because they took them 10 years to raise, to the, raise money. the money again. Because yeah. I remember they talked about Big Money Rustlers when Big Money Hustlers came out. They were like, already, they were already talking ahead. about oh, it. Yeah, wow. They were already like, oh, we should do a Western version. And then, yeah, it took 10 years for it to come out. That, I, well, they, they bounced around. Uh, they got dropped from Ireland pretty quickly, mm-hmm. uh, like around 2000-something. Uh, they ended up like self-releasing some records. I think they're on some sort of imprint of something now, because uh, they still sell a lot of CDs, like a lot of CDs, CDs. Not like not like streaming and downloads. Like people like physical go buy the CDs. Well, uh-huh. as if you couldn't already guess, they're they're like kind of gimmicky. Uh, <laughs> oh. and they do they do a lot of thing weird things with like um, they've done this a lot like. There are four different versions of the same CD, and you have what? to go buy. If you want the complete experience, you have to go buy all four copies. So they what? got like this collectible thing kind of going yes. on. Okay. What is the difference? Um, extra, like a different bonus track on each version. Oh, and then because they were always teasing the next part of the story, you would only get one fourth of the next piece of the story unless you had all four versions. Of oh. the CD, so like if you bought the C- all four CDs oh, and wow. you put together, so they did their fifth album, their fourth, fourth or fifth album. If you took all four back covers of the of all four version CDs, it told you the name of the next CD. <laughs> Jeez, okay. all right. like it made the artwork for the next one. And so, huh. if you didn't have, so if, if you it, only bought one copy, you only got one quarter of the. And yeah. remember, this is like pre-internet. Like this is like the internet wasn't a huge thing yet. Right. Um, 
there wasn't file share. You were people were buying CDs still, like, like right. going to the store. Mining. So, like they were selling like a half a million CDs out of the gate. Wow! And a lot of that was because it was the same people buying four copies of the same album. But but so like not having all four, it's literally like missing a chapter in a storyline. No, you just wouldn't know the next thing. Like you wouldn't know the preview of the next thing. Okay. Like if you wanted the preview of the next album, oh, it you just... bought all four. CDs. Oh, okay. It wasn't that you were missing out. Yeah, on... they okay. did a lot of wacky shit like that, like leaving tracks off of one version and putting them on the other version. Like if you wanted all thirteen, like. If you wanted like all fifteen tracks, you had to buy three different copies. Like there were thir- like twelve songs, but then there was a bonus song, and it was different on each copy. Yeah. Mm. So if you wanted, and this like you said, this is before you just download anything, right? Uh, or at least you know it wasn't as prevalent. Like yeah. LimeWire wasn't quite a thing yet, yeah. and right. Kazan, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was some file. It was Napster, but that's uh, there's still fifty six K modems and see. There's there's things like this where it's like. They're ridiculous, but then they come up with these little schemes, or it's like I kind of got to give it to them. Oh, do they? Yeah, <laughs> they're they're pretty good business wise. Yeah. Like that's they're amazing, smart. They're amazing business people. They uh, they would never. They didn't give any merchandise rights to Disney, like mm. like they they wouldn't like that was like the one thing they wouldn't budge on is like t shirt sales, hmm. and the concert I went to, the line for merch was forty five minutes. Wow. wow, and they were. There's a there's a documentary about the Insane Clown Posse that MTV showed in 1997, and it showed them on tour, and they had a semi trailer for merch, like t- like a semi trailer. They said that they had one of the highest like uh, concert attendee to merch sales of any band for like three years in a row. Like everyone going to the show, every single person every single, there like, bought is a shirt. buying a shirt. Wow, or at least one. And they did, they did other wacky shit, too. Like, they were the first ones to do, like, they sold Zippo lighters, hoodies, hockey jerseys. They, like, pioneered that kind of, like, off. Like, not just shirts. Not just shirts. Like anything. Yeah, like, we'll put our logo on fucking anything. Yeah. They pioneered that. Like, they were one of the first bands. To, well, I mean, like, Kiss probably pioneered that. But, like, yeah. but Insane Clown Posse, like, rode that shit into the ground. They are like, you want a Zippo lighter with our fucking faces on it? Hell sure. yeah. <laughs> you want an official makeup kit? Hell yeah. Here you mm-hmm. go. Here's the makeup. You want a hockey jersey? We got hockey jerseys. You want playing cards? Fucking playing cards with the fucking Insane Clown Posse on it. Like, they sold everything. Like, there were people who just... I remember, I remember people like saying that they were gonna just spend three hundred dollars at the Jeez. insane compost. How much concert. were the tickets, by the way? Do you remember? Well, like, I got like, in for free. Okay, but that's why you went. Yeah, <laughs> someone, someone was like, I was working for a radio station at the time, and they were like, "We have two tickets for insane compost. No one wants them." And I was like, "Bring them to me. <laughs> I will take bring this. them to me. I want to see this with my own eyes." Do you know how, like, in general, how much the tickets were? Probably, though? probably thirty bucks. Okay, this was mm-hmm. this was back. This was. This was 99. Okay. They were touring so with, uh, who else opened that show? Who else played that show? Yeah, what band was uh, uh, Cottonmouth Kings. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and one there was one other band, or one other group. They toured with a bunch of weird, like, they got so big that, like, they were taking, like, like, leg, like, uh, like, what do you call that, uh, like nostalgia acts with them. Like oh, they, really? They did a tour with Biohazard. Oh, wow. Like Biohazard opened for Insane Clown Posse because the crowds were so big at Insane Clown Posse concerts. Wow. 
uh, Coal Chamber. Remember that band, Coal Chamber? No. Nope. They're like a new metal, like a corn ripoff band. Oh. They opened for them one time. Uh, P.O.D. used to open for oh, Insane Clown Posse. Uh, yeah, like there's bands. There's like bands who, like, they're not famous now, but like that when the, that new metal shit in like the early 2000s, like, yeah. oh, they're part of their success to opening for Insane Clown Posse. Because if you opened for Insane Clown Posse and you won the crowd over, like that was, they were, yeah, they were they, of, you had followers, like yeah. you had huge fans, like, huh. uh, like insane clown posse fans are extremely loyal to like anybody yeah. ICP says is like, yeah, cool. I was just, yeah. Like if ICP says, Hey, this band is good. Check them out. Then immediately they have like a million. More yeah. Listeners. Right. Wow. That is, that is crazy. Like how, how they're able to sway their fans so much and the loyal loyalist following where nowadays you get so many people where it's like if a band comes out with a new album and they change their sound a little bit, they're like, Oh, you sellouts. Like right. I hate you. And it's like, okay. It's just so much. It's so easy to listen to music now too, though. Yeah. If you don't like it the first time you hear it, you just change, you just find something else. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's yeah, that's true. I remember buying records and like, well, this is the record I own now. Yeah. Even. And I have to listen to it until I like it. And to make this purchase worth it. Yeah. That makes sense. And then the Insane Cloud, the Juggalos have a, a meeting every year too. The gathering of the, the gathering, gathering of, of the, the Juggalos. Juggalos. The gathering of the Juggalos used to be in Peoria, and the the first year they had it, it went off without a hitch. The second year they had it, uh, they tore apart a hotel, like destroyed a hotel. Oh, they pulled the fire alarms repeatedly in the convention center. Um, <laughs> None of this is surprising so far. Yeah, <laughs> it was a disaster when it was in Peoria, and then they moved it to like a campground. They're like, "Oh, that well, let's just sense. let them go nuts." Yeah, in the right, campground. right, loose. like a Woodstock kind of. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was shaky a couple times. I think the first couple of years they were in the campground, but I heard it goes off pretty. Yeah. All that really happens now is that like hipster journalists go there now, and like, <laughs> let's watch the Juggalos in their natural habitat. Yeah. And then they get there and they go, "Oh, they're just." kids like they're yeah. just any, oh, like they're normal people you could like juggalo like juggalos are one direction fans with clown makeup on like it's <laughs> there's no huge difference between like, it's the same level of devotion it's the same mm, like right yeah loyalty and yeah we'll do anything to get there and hang out with them and see them yeah yeah that that is pretty nuts as of this recording, I think is the gathering is either happening or did happen very recently. It's, it's that yeah, special it's time coming, of year. It's coming, you can feel it. Just you can gather, feel it in the air. Gathering clause comes, mm-hmm. brings everyone presents. Fago, Fago, yeah. Fago. It's cheap. Fago and makeup. Fago makeup. Hatchet man medallions. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which yeah, hatchet man, but the little thing is holding a cleaver, I believe. Yeah, he's not holding a hatchet. Which yeah. I, let's just not tell them that. Let's just yeah. not let's not upset the juggalos. Yeah. Uh, they may be passionate, but they're not all smart. <laughs> Might be quite an understatement. I think yeah. I think most people like have a flirtation with Insane Clown Posse, and then they're like, "Well, I'm old now. <laughs> let's move on." And I think juggalos are like, "Nope, this is all I know now." Yeah, this is life. That is there. I'm not going to remember the name of it or something, but I swear there, it was in some show or movie where like one of the characters in this show is like a juggalo and they have to like, like, well, they've definitely used juggalo as a template to mean like dumb white rapper. Like Mm -hmm. there's been a couple movies with characters who were clearly based off juggalos. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I can't think of what it was now. I even think there was a movie where like a character was obsessed with like a rap group who wore makeup and like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that, I can't think of what it was though. Yeah. That makes sense. And then like, I guess their whole thing though, is that like they, yeah, the loyalty, but that, yeah, they, they really think all of them, they're friends. Like there is a loyalty, not only to the band, but like each other. Yeah. They have a song called homies, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Where that's all the song is about is like hanging out with friends. So do you know, so maybe this is a good place to end. I don't, do you have more stuff to talk about the movie? You guys want to talk about the movie anymore? Nope. This is your movie. Okay. <laughs> I want to put that behind me yeah. forever. So, so do you guys know like when they released the sixth and final part of their story, like their, their, their albums, what the prestige was, like what the, no, the joke, don't. like the goof in the end was. So the, the, the story ends that this whole time they've been like, under the radar Christian rappers and they just want you to go to heaven that like what like all their songs have been about bad people but never about them doing bad things to good people it's always been them doing bad things to bad people and bad things happening to bad people and that like you need to take all their like their legacy like all six albums and you need to realize that like they're just been trying to point you towards heaven like that they love the Lord (laughs) And that they want you to go to heaven. That's like, that was, yeah. Wow. That's the, so their, their last album, the last part of the story is called Shangri-La. And yeah. Hold on. Jeez. Hold on. I, I don't know what to even say about that. Why? I will read you from, I will read to you from the Wikipedia page. Okay. For this album. Cause you're this. So this is, Yeah. That's insane to me that that's like, again, another twist. <laughs> they're really good at this. They pulled off the M. Night Shyamalan ending in the movie, and now they're saying that secretly they're just looking out for you and want you to go to heaven. What nice what nice people. They, they seem very nice. Okay. Uh, the sixth album. So the albums were called Joker's Cards. That's another thing for you to know. Okay. The sixth Joker's Card was The Wraith, a personification of death. The card featured two exhibits, Shangri-La and Hell, uh, which were each given their own albums. So it was actually seven albums. But mm. the first one is Shangri-La. The album's final track, The Unveiling, revealed that the hidden message of their music has always been to follow God and make it to heaven. Uh, ben Cesario of Rolling Stone criticized the ending by saying, the whole thing was some bland divine plan. Is this man's final diss of God or his of us? <laughs> Some critics perceive the spiritual element of the storyline as a joke or a stunt. All music writer Brad, Bradley Toronto wrote that even if this is a joke, it isn't a funny one or a clever one. <laughs> uh, so there you go. That was that's that was also the end to their story. Was that they're actually like they love Jesus and the Lord, and they want you to go to heaven wow. with them. That I that's just I I don't know I don't know what to even say about that. Uh, I, and I think we'll end it there. Yeah, with that I think bomb it's a good, shell. good place to stop it. Yeah. Thank you for, for joining us. Uh, and as I said before, you guys can hear Jim on the... I think that you need to, oh. to market this episode as like uh, like a primer for Insane Clown Posse. Yeah, that's... And if oh, you yeah. to listen to, like, people, I learned a lot. Young people, young people can learn a lot about the legacy of Insane Clown Posse <laughs> just by listening this to is, me talk this about This is them. a jumping off point. We're doing the public a favor. You're going to go listen to Shane Grilla tonight. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm absolutely not. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm going to go drink a lot of beer and try and forget what I just watched. I think. <laughs> Sounds like a better idea. (laughs) 
Jim, thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me. Sorry I ruined your podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the last episode of the Over Talking Podcast. <laughs> Do you want to plug anything before we go? Uh, check out goodbeerhunting.com. Uh, it's a very cool website if you like beer. Um, and check out uh, our community. They're called The Fervent Few. You have, can subscribe, and I will be your community. I will shepherd you into the into the wonder that is craft beer. And you can uh, follow all my trolls on Twitter that I have now because <laughs> I associate with Anheuser Bush. Oh. I don't really. I don't really, but that's what everyone thinks. So, <laughs> so go to goodbeerhunting.com. Goodbeerhunting.com. And listen to me on the Good Beer Hunting podcast. And that's about it. Yep. We'll be right back on the Overtalking Podcast. And we're back on the Overtalking Podcast. It was actually a really good episode. We got a lot out of it. Better than the movie, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very, very pleased. Yeah. Um, and if you like this, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll at Overtalking Pod. Uh, and if you want to send us an email, uh, let us know what you think or questions, comments. You can email us at overtalkingpod at gmail.com or you can call us. Give us a call at 872-228-1591. That's right, folks. That's up a cat 1591. <laughs> Way up a cat. Uh, that's great. And we have a website, uh, overtalkingpod.party. Real yeah, website. It's a real up. It's a real website. Um, and, you know, if you guys like this podcast, please rate and especially review on iTunes or wherever you found us. It really helps people um, find, find this podcast. And it'll keep it going a lot longer. Um, and as we always say, Dolomite, Dolomite rules. This episode of the Overtalking Podcast was edited and produced by Ken and CJ. Special guest was Jim Plackey. Logo by Nate Richards. Check out Nate's work on Instagram at Nate Richards Designs. And as we always say, donuts make, make me, me go, go nuts. Donuts was a big part of the movie. <laughs> and as we always say, Fago more, more like, like Yago. Hey, CJ. Um, what did the circus performer do with a bunch of rings? What? He juggled those. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh my <laughs>